Welcome to Healing America with Dr. Jim White. Jim has been investing, coaching executives, and turning around companies for over 30 years. Now your host, Dr. Jim White. Good evening, this is Jim White, and welcome to Healing America. This evening, we got a special guest with us this evening. He's going to be with us for the entire show. His name is uh, Elliot Richardson. Elliot is the co-founder and president of uh, SBAC, and we're going to learn more about SBAC from Elliot. And he's also the partner in the law firm of Corey and Richardson LLP in the Chicago, Illinois uh, area. And uh, welcome to the show, Elliot. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's great, Jim. Thank you. My pleasure, sir. So, SBAC, what is SBAC? Well, SBAC stands for the Small Business Advocacy Council. And, um, you know, we're an organization that was founded about 10 years ago to provide a voice to the small business community to fight for and advocate for small businesses. We are nonpartisan. We are policy driven. We believe that, you know, Republican businesses, democratically owned businesses, all businesses need good common sense policies that will help them uh, that will help them succeed. And especially, Jim, during this pandemic, I mean, we need to provide small businesses with the tools they need to make it through the pandemic and hopefully to recover. Yeah. We're right in the middle of what, 23 days, I think 23 days, 22 days to uh, the general election, November the 3rd. Uh, with your work during the FBAC and during the pandemic, did you say, what is your perspective, both sides of the world, and I'm, I'm, I'm like you, I don't, I don't care what you call yourself, Democrat, Republic, Independent, we're all American. And Americans, as Americans, and in my opinion, and, uh, and uh, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think you share the same thing. Uh, we, we, we love small business, small business is the backbone of America, and uh, they're, they're suffering. So your perspective on the political environment today? You know, unfortunately, I don't think small business, small businesses and local businesses look at what's happening um, on the national stage and feel extremely confident um, in our political law, uh, our political establishment. You know, we hear a lot of partisan bickering. We hear a lot of nonsense. We hear a lot of fighting, uh, you know, a, a lot of finger pointing when what small businesses need right now is good policy. You know, we need laws. We need um, relief. We need to help property owners right now that can't um, make their mortgage payments because they're not being paid rent by small businesses who are struggling. Um, we need another stimulus package that truly gets to the heart of helping small businesses. So when you look at the presidential um, race and you look at what's being discussed, I mean, there's a lot of mudslinging going on, but not a lot of policy. And I think that that's been missing. And if you want small businesses to grow, if you want small businesses to feel like they should stay in business through this pandemic, we need the confidence of knowing that our government is going to help us through. So I haven't seen that yet. So to be honest, I don't think the small business community looks at this race and is happy with either side and is happy at all, frankly. I agree with that. And as we go to the polls, and actually we already started voting now, as, as we all know, and uh, with all the small business people that I, I talk to, uh, they are on defense 
because I agree with you. The choices that we have for the uh, the two candidates uh, are challenged on both sides, in my opinion. I, I think that the 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 Biden the Biden administration, to me at this point in time, would be the be the choice. However, with that choice, from the morality or the civility, but there are also some policy issues, in my opinion, on, on, on that side of the uh, administration as well, on the administration that come in, could they win or win the third? We talk about the stimulus package. Uh, as we know, there's been negotiation in Congress and uh, it stalled. Uh, in your opinion, why did it stall? Politics. There are 56 co-sponsors of the Restart Act. The Restart Act would do much more than the Cures Act did. Um, and I should say 56, 56 um, co-sponsors in the Senate um, for a bill that would truly help small businesses. Our organization has annotated that bill to make sure that property owners who aren't being paid rent um, would be able to make their payments to the bank and not go into foreclosure. The last thing we need is another foreclosure crisis in this country right now. So when we say why hasn't a stimulus package passed, the ideas are out there. The good policy is out there, but politics has stopped it from moving forward. And, you know, when these negotiations are played out in public, when they're played out on the TV, when they're played out on Twitter, when they're played out through insults, um, how can you expect good policy to move forward? So. Um, that was a long-winded answer to a relatively simple question. The answer is politics. And we, as a community, as a group of small and mid-sized business owners, have to come together and speak with a very loud and unified voice and let politicians know that's not acceptable. Get this stimulus done so businesses can stay in business. Mm -hmm. You see the potential action on that prior to November the 3rd? You think it's going to come back that, that, that the voices are being heard or in both sides of the aisle, uh, just ignoring, and again, just back to politics, that we're not going to do anything, we're going to dig in. And while they are uh, out of touch, in my opinion, out of touch with America's small business, we don't realize that they are going out of business, they cannot make the rent, they cannot make payroll, and uh, what, 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 do you, what do you think needs to happen to get the politics out of the way? Because we need action now. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, we do need action now. And, and frankly, I'm not confident that anything will be done before the election. I mean, anything's possible. But, um, you know, what we can do goes back to, you know, how loudly can we speak? And I know I sound like a broken record in that regard. But, you know, I think small businesses tend to feel like they're on an island. Um, and that, you know, they're fighting, especially now, just fighting to stay, you know, fighting for their survival, frankly. Um, many entrepreneurs, many small businesses feel that way. So it's tough to engage and it's tough to push politicians. That's frankly what organizations like ours um, are all about. How do we aggregate and make our voices heard? Until we do, then, Jim, I think, you know, we're always not going to have that seat at the table. We need that seat at the table and as small business owners and a small business community, we focus on getting things done. And that's what it's going to take us sitting at that table, pushing to get things done for the appropriate stimulus to be passed. And whatever that looks like, right, no matter how much money 
uh, is being negotiated right now to be part of that stimulus package. Let's sit down, let's have a negotiation, and let's get it done for the small business community and frankly, the American people. What is your organization doing now? I'm say today or have done in the past month and plan to do it in the next two weeks in order to continue to get that voice out there. Are we talking to local representatives? What exactly, what action are you taking? Oh, you know, we're taking action on a federal, a state and a local level. Here in Illinois, we're pushing a tax credit that would provide an incentive to small businesses that retrained and hired folks who have lost their jobs or their businesses because of COVID-19. So, you know, there's all sorts of, you know, whether it's a wedding photographer, whether it's a 1099 security guard, and there's no events that have been going on all summer. There's a lot of people that need to make a pivot. And there's a lot of companies in the technology space that would look with the appropriate incentives during this difficult economic time to hire somebody and to train them. We're pushing legislation on a state level um, to make that tax credit a reality. We're pushing occupational licensing reform. In Illinois, it is just too hard um, to start a business uh, in certain uh, areas. It takes 1,500 hours to become a barber, of education to become a barber in Illinois. I mean, that simply keeps people out of entering professions at a time when we need to offer lots of opportunities to individuals, Jim. Um, we're doing all sorts of things on a city of Chicago basis, making it easier uh, to open a home-based business, uh, making it less difficult to navigate through regulations that really have no business being in place that don't protect the health, the safety, and the welfare of the public. Um, on a federal level, we're really pushing uh, to annotate and to pass the Restart Act to get relief to small businesses. They need this relief now and to property owners. And, and you know, there's a whole slew of other legislative initiatives right now that we're engaged in. We had a policy committee meeting today. And I mean, the list was so long, we never get to everything. So, um, you know, we're doing a lot of that in Chicago. We're really trying to make sure that uh, disadvantaged communities get access to capital. Um, what we saw through the PPP loan process was that you know entrepreneurs in at-risk communities in places like Austin and Garfield Park in Illinois and Chicago, um, they were just last in line for those loans because they did not have the financial relationships. I'm not. They did not have the relationships with financial institutions. Right to get that badly needed access to capital. So we're working on a lot of different things, Jim, uh, to try to help small businesses and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the the opportunity zone or the, uh, op, op, or the op, op, opportunity zone initiative that was passed in December 2017 by the Trump administration? You know, I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with it. I'm more familiar with, with TIF funding and the issues with TIF here in the city of Chicago. But, you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about it. Yeah. Let, let me share. And, and, and as I was hearing you talk, and, and, and I agree with everything you said, and, 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 and we're just meeting for the first time. And I tell you what, uh, my respect for you is just tremendous because it is so 
so needed to have someone like you that's got the energy, uh, got the intelligence, and being able to bring people together and uh, and pushing the snowball uphill. That's exactly what we're doing. But we're going to continue to push together. There's no there's no question about that. The reason I brought up the uh, opportunity QOZ Act, um, and and like I said, I I am not in. I'm I'm not a fan of President Number Forty Five. I've been known that uh, for many many years. Actually, uh, I actually knew him before he was President Forty Five. So I've never been a fan for the past twenty five years, not for the past four years. Having said that, um, uh, he does have some policies that I I agree with. Uh, and one of the things that occurred in December twenty seventeen that that came out of the Tax Cut and Job Act was an act called uh, uh, Opportunity Zones. And these Opportunity Zones have the criteria of medium income. Uh, so each state through the treasury uh, work together to come up with designation for these Opportunity Zones. And there's currently 8,800 in the United States. Well, what's so significant about that? The significance is this, there's $7.6 trillion of capital gains sitting on the sidelines, sitting on the sidelines. And this initiative is, is to say, you've got the guys and gals and institutions got all the capital gains sitting over here. Let's put it back into the economy. We know that the policies need to be changed. However, what can we do more ourselves without having always rely on the government here, that government's got to play. What can we do to, uh, to, to push our own initiatives, push our own uh, agendas forward? Well, this, this initiative says, if you have capital gains and you invest in what's called a qualified opportunity zone through a qualified opportunity fund, you can reduce that capital gains by 10%, providing you do that and you make an investment for 12, 31, 2021. And if you keep it in the fund for 10 years, it's, 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 uh, the appreciation is uh, tax-free. Well, everybody here is tax-free. Well, they think it's just giving it more for the 1%, right? The 1% is getting richer and richer and richer and richer. Well, where that may be the case, but uh, when I got involved in the initiative in 2007 and actually wrote a book on it called Opportunity Investing, which I released in March of this year, I did it strictly for the small business and the people to say, hey, we can't always rely on our state governments or local governments or our, our federal government, even we should. So what can we do to educate the high net worth individuals on discountable gains and be able to invest it in small businesses and other other things like that? So as we were talking uh, I was thinking about I was thinking about that for the people in Chicago or the people around the nation. Right now, today, if you have a if you have an idea, if you have a good business, there's plenty of funding available for the right project today. If, if that makes sense, the project's got to stand on its own. But uh, I would be more than happy uh, to share that with the group to say, hey. We, we need to continue to push at the federal level. We need to continue to push at the state level. But what we do in the meantime, what can we do today in order to probably bring in some cash and get some business in, into some cash? Well, there's been a lot of money that's been put out today from the 
from the sources out there. So that may be something to consider and I'm happy to share with you uh, more uh, uh, going forward to life. Yeah, I mean, Jim, any way that we can spark economic development in at-risk communities. I mean, when you look at what's going on in Chicago right now and the issues, right, with, with violence, um, with uh, vacant properties, any way that we can put money into communities and empower entrepreneurs to start businesses, to succeed in businesses. And, and you know, loans are one thing, but really bringing capital into the, into into these communities it's essential things will not change uh so there is economic development so what you're talking about sounds like an excellent vehicle um would love to learn more about it and when you combine that with what can we do with the tiff surplus Chicago mm -hmm. and direct some of that towards communities that need it the most towards bringing financial institutions into these communities how do we make broadband access available to businesses and individuals throughout all of Chicago, throughout the entire state, right? So everyone has the opportunity to play on a level playing field. You know, that's another thing the SBAC is about. Let everybody play on a level playing field. LLCs, small businesses should play on the same field as big corporations and all individuals should play on that same level playing field. So what you're talking about sounds like, uh, like it would fit right into that mold. And it's all it's all initiatives. It's just one, right? So that's what we're that's what we're looking for is being able to try to uh, bring an awareness and educate. And uh, and unfortunately, a lot, a lot of the uh, business community just because it's got Trump's name on it, they want to throw it away. And I, I caution the whatever the administration may be in, in January twenty twenty one, continue to enhance that program uh and if it should it be a biden administration don't throw everything away just because we've got trump's name on it right listen right now first of all it takes a lot of ingredients to make a good cake right and, and you got to put them all together and that cake we're trying to bake right now is the success of small and local businesses and economic empowerment um for communities throughout our entire state and the nation so i would agree with that and, and i would also say you know, what we want to hear, you asked earlier about how we felt about, you know, what the presidential race is looking like, how it's shaping up. And, you know, what we want to hear about is policy. You're talking about policy. You're talking about good policy that can create jobs and create economic development. So that's what we need. Mm -hmm. What has the local... SBA and FBDCs. What's their, what's, do you, do you work with those folks? Well, you know, there's some great, there's some great um, SBA lenders here in uh, the city of Chicago, in Illinois. Um, there's some wonderful 504A lenders um, or 504 lenders, I should say. Um, there are SBDCs and I think the SBAC, SBDCs, I'm sorry, you know, they serve a very important purpose. They educate entrepreneurs. Um, they provide guidance to entrepreneurs. There's a lot of other incubators. There's a lot of other um, financial literacy organizations here that, that definitely help small businesses. That's not really where we play. We play on the policy end, um, but most definitely uh, these organizations score 
I mean, there's a lot of organizations that help entrepreneurs that are trying to find their way, especially entrepreneurs now that that might have never dreamed that they'd be in this position until they lost their job because of COVID. Um, And now you've got a lot of people trying to start businesses because there just aren't other options for them. Mm -hmm. You're right. The SBDC for the education and understand the SBA that has its, uh, you know, it works sometimes, sometimes it doesn't work and understand what you're saying from the policy side, but moving policy the way that we need to move it, regardless of what administration, Republican, Independent, or Democrat, uh, sometimes falls on deaf ears, but we got to continue to try to move that policy. In the meantime, what do we do, right? How, how do we, until we get that policy in place, like we said, I love your language, a level playing field. Man, I've, I've said that for years. It, it's, it's unconscionable that we got from the richest corporation in the world that absolutely plays zero tax, and we got a single entrepreneur that's just paying, uh, uh, you know, 25, 30, 35, 40, sometimes 43%. Uh, so that level playing field is necessary, in my opinion, from a policy, and I uh, absolutely support that. But when I get up in the morning, and we know that we got small businesses that's trying to figure out how they're going to keep the lights on or how they're going to pay. What can we do? You know, that, and, and that's a question that I'm not sure either one of us can answer right now. But that's a question I ask myself every day. What can we do today to help that small business or that person to be able to put money on, put, put money in the bank today, right? Uh, while we're working on the policy changes. And that's just the reason we've been talking to a lot of the SBDCs and the other instances. Hey, we got to get money to these people. We got to help them. We got to show them because not only is the money issue, we, we got a mental health issue as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and that that's different philosophy. So when, when the pandemic had really started and we were looking at what we could do in Springfield, we had a coalition of organizations that wanted to defer sales taxes. Okay, not forgive sales tax payments, but defer sales taxes so that retailers, restaurants, other folks could keep that money right now and keep them afloat. Um, You know, government sometimes wants to take in that money and give it out as grants. They want to take that money and, you know, form lotteries to see who's going to get the money um, right now. And, And, you know, the first thing I would do is look at laws. Um, look at passing legislation that would allow businesses to keep some money in their pockets right. uh, as opposed to paying it. Now, not forgive it, but keep some money in their pockets. Frankly, I think that was the wrong approach. Um, you know, I would have allowed every business to defer sales taxes instead of paying those sales taxes and then giving grants out to certain businesses. In that way, you're really picking winners and losers. So, allow people to keep some of their money as they try to make it through the pandemic. That's the first thing we could do. The second thing we could do is pass that stimulus. Um, Pass that stimulus, put some capital into the hands of small businesses, mid-sized businesses to keep them going and not in such a restrictive way as the Cures Act because the Cures Act really did not work for a lot of businesses. It really didn't work for a lot of solopreneurs. So I would highly recommend we do that. Um, and then confidence. Mm-hmm. We have to instill confidence in the small business community that the government can do their job. 
And that goes back to the beginning of our conversation. And I will say that over and over and over again. Give a small business owner some confidence and he'll keep going. He will keep fighting until he can't fight anymore. But when you look around and you say, my gosh, this is just a mess. And, you know, um, what's going to happen? And the policies are all discombobulated. Well, that makes it much harder. Yeah. If you were speaking to a group of up-and-coming potential politicians and with your passion for policy, what advice would you give them? You know, I would say that there will be a time when things will come back around to good common sense policy driven politics, right? And all of the name calling and all of the stuff that's going on right now, things are cyclical and that can't last forever. And I will tell you this, almost every political person we talk to in Illinois or in the city um, or even on a, on a federal level, they want to do good. They really do. The people we talk to, we have wonderful relationships, wonderful relationships with legislators. Um, you know, I would say you got to find a way to break through that process, right? To break through the barriers and we'll follow you. Um, we'll, we'll be lockstep with you, but take this policy and drive it down the center of the field. Let the people on the edges fight on the edges. Those people are always going to be on the edges to the right, to the left. There's this whole center of the field waiting to be driven down by 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 politicians that want to make a real change for people for small businesses for families and take the ball and run mm -hmm. i tell you the policy that you are working in and like i said you're 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 very passionate about it no, no question about that your local congressman Senator, I'm sure you've sat across the table and had some discussion. Has uh, there been any policy, any bill that's come out of that that they may sponsor that uh, that we should be letting our audience know about, especially in, in Illinois? What's, oh, what, what can we do? Yeah, and we've had some great successes. I mean, we lowered among the highest LLC fees in the nation um, with good legislators. We passed a bill that would allow restaurants to serve alcohol within 100 feet of a church, which actually had no opposition at all from the religious community. But because there were a lot of churches on some streets, restaurants wouldn't come in. Right now, we need to pass this tax credit. See, this is a level of playing field tax yeah, right. for small businesses. And when you talk about mental health and getting people back to work, we have to encourage technology companies that might be uncertain about the future to take a chance and hire somebody and retrain them and get those folks safely back to work. Because I think we might be in this for a while. Um, so that's something that's just so important. Occupational licensing, let's remove barriers um, and get folks into a position where they can start a new profession and start a new profession now. We're working on minority contracting reform in Illinois. Um, you know, right now there is just minority contracting. It doesn't work. Um, let's spread those government contracts out appropriately to, to empower folks all over. Um, and we're working hard on property tax reform. And this is really cool, Jim. 
We've got six bipartisan legislators right now that have joined our property tax task force. And we're coming up with real solutions like local school district consolidation, like assessments, looking at the assessments and changing that structure. And when we're on these Zooms with legislators and we talk to our members, they'll go, I don't know who the Democrat or the Republican was because they're all speaking the same language. They're literally agreeing and speaking the same language because we got to lower Illinois property taxes. I mean, they are they are ridiculously high and uh, they're debilitating to a lot of folks in the state. So uh, lots, lots of work to do. I know I, I, I keep I keep rattling this stuff off. Um, keep, rat- keep rattling. Keep going. And then they refresh him where you can be on a uh, Zoom and you cannot recognize uh, what party the, the individual belongs to. Uh, that's when we get something done. I was so fired up after the last call. I, I mean, I really was. And so was everyone. We're like, you know, that was productive. That, you know, fighting about property taxes and hearing people argue about it, that was productive. And, you know, most of the folks on the Zoom were White Sox fans, and that made me very happy. Um, so, you know, there was a huge consensus on, on on baseball teams here. So that was good. Well, I tell you what, if you did that, you're going to get policy. You're going to get policy, uh, more policy approved, that's, that's for sure. Exactly. I tell you, we, we could – we could we could spend hours and hours and hours and uh, we we need to revisit again. Um, how can people reach out and uh, contact you to get more information and and how do they support you? Yeah, you know people could email me at Elliot E L L I O T at S B A C I L dot org and I might forward that on to somebody in the organization. But feel free to reach out to me. SBACIL.org is our website. You can find out a lot of policy initiatives there. And, you know, just get involved. We're bringing people together. Very good. You have been a pleasure, sir. Uh, You're welcome back anytime. Uh, And we'll make sure that we uh, get this posted and get the blog. And uh, anything that we can do to support your initiative, please do not hesitate to reach out. And uh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show this evening. Jim, the pleasure was mine. It was wonderful meeting you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good evening. Okay, you too. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we have Dr. Doug Snow. He will be with us next Tuesday at 6.30. Until then, be safe, social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands, and vote. Good evening. Thank you for your participation and interest in Healing America with Dr. Jim White. To stay in touch with Jim, go to www.healingamericawithdrjimwhite.com.